Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to Grace Community Church Wednesday night service. Thank you for being here if you're here in person, and I uh, always like to say thank you for watching if you're watching online. If it's your first time here or your first time watching, my name is Wade, and we are glad to have you. Let me go ahead and pray for us, and again, I'm sorry for getting started late, but uh, let me pray for us, and we'll get started. Father, thank you for another opportunity to get up here and uh, preach what you've laid on my heart. God, I pray that you'd open our hearts and minds to hear what you're saying and to, to receive what you're saying to us, Lord. And I pray that you'd help us to grow from these things. And I pray that these things bring you glory. And we just thank you for everything. And it's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Uh, if you were here last week... Uh, you know, we kind of took a look at what does my life say to other people about the God that I believe in. You know, we are all a, a walking testimony of, of the God that we say we believe in. So, you know, that was our question last week. If I'm the only God that somebody sees, then, you know, what does that person think about God? You know, what does the way I treat, the way that I treat other people say about my God? You know, is he a is he a kind God? Is he a patient God? You know, is he a loving God, a forgiving God? You know, is that how people see God if they, you know, if I'm the only God they see? Or is he an angry God? Is he a judgmental and condemning God? You know, the way we treat other people is uh, exactly how they're going to see God if we claim to be Christians. We're supposed to be ambassadors for Christ. We're supposed to be a an example of who God is. So the way we portray God in our lives is is very important because some people, you're the only God they'll ever see. And uh, if you're treating them bad and treating them mean, then they're not going to want anything to do with God. But if you're kind to them and forgiving and patient and all those things we just listed, then they're going to want to meet the God that you know. They're going to want the relationship with Him that you have. So it's very important, you know, the way we treat other people if we're going to call ourselves uh, followers of Christ or Christians. Uh, one of the last verses that we looked at last week, and we'll be talking about it quite a bit this week too, was James chapter 4 and verse 4. <coughs> and we'll go ahead and read it. It says, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Uh, we talked a lot about last week too how we are the, the bride of Christ. And we talked about that word enmity. Uh, the word enmity means to be actively opposed to or hostile towards somebody or something. And, uh, you know, if we're the bride of Christ and we're opposing him, you know, if we're enmity with him you know if we're opposed to or hostile towards our spouse in a, a regular marriage then that relationship's not going to work out too good but if we're supposed to be the bride of Christ and we're enmity with God then that relationship is not going to work out the way it's supposed to too uh, that's why it says you adulterers and you adulteresses you know if I'm opposing God then I'm not a very good bride of Christ uh, and last week we talked mostly about how we can't be friends with the world or agree with the world 
and be conformed to the world and do all the things that society says is okay and be faithful to Jesus at the same time. And we'll be going over that quite a bit tonight too. But we're either going to be faithful to him or we're going to be faithful to the world. Or we're not going to be faithful to either one of them. So those are the things that we're going to be talking about tonight because they're total opposites. You know, everything the world says is okay. God's Word says it's not okay. And uh, everything that God's Word says that we're supposed to do, the world says that's wrong. It, it has a whole different mindset than what God's Word does. And sadly, most Christians worldwide, I'm not just picking on grace, uh, I think we have a really good church family here, but sadly, most Christians compromise with the world so that they won't go against the grain of the world. And the reason they do that is just so life will be easier for them. They're not willing to fight for their faith. They're not willing to come out and be separate and uh, be obedient to God's Word. They'd rather go with the grain and uh, so life will just be easier instead of standing on the truth of God's Word and being obedient to Him. Uh, most people, they call themselves Christian, but they are living in opposition to the Word of God, like that verse says. They're in a friendship with or agreement with the world. And then, if that's the case, then we are at enmity with God. We're in opposition to God. And uh, I told you last week in closing that if God was willing, that this week we'd be talking about what it means to be in fellowship with God. So that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, and if we're just following the world in today's society and being led by their standards instead of God's standards, but if we're being led by the world's standards of right and wrong, then we're agreeing with them, and we are in fellowship with the world, not with God. Uh, the book of James says in chapter 1 and verse 8, it says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And then the... Uh, King Gen I mean, the NLT, it says their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. Uh, so that verse says we aren't faithful to either one of them. The King James says that's why we're unstable in all our ways, and the NLT says that we have divided loyalty. You know, remember, we are the bride of Christ, and the bride should be faithful. You know, if we're not a faithful bride then, you know, we're faithful to something. It's not God. It's the world. I love Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 13. It says, even when we are not faithful, God is faithful. So there's a lot of times that we aren't faithful, but that don't change God. God is always faithful. He never changes. And that's why, like I said, James 4, 4 calls us adulterers and adulteresses because our loyalty is divided. And we're not faithful to the world for God. Uh, we're just kind of like chameleons, you know, we kind of blend in wherever we are. If we're at church, then we're going to be churchy. But if we're out in the world, we just go with the flow, like I said, so, we do, so that we don't ruffle any feathers, so that we don't go against the grain and make life hard on ourselves. Uh, we don't want to cause any conflict. You know, whatever the reason is, we don't speak up and defend our faith the way that we're supposed to. You know, whether it's fear or whatever it is, you know, what people will think. Or if we just want to fit in to please our own desires. But if we really look at it like a marriage, like we've been talking about, and it is, 
Uh, it makes perfect sense. You know, are you just married when you're at home and not when you're out and about, not when you're at work or at Walmart? Or are you married all the time? No, you should be married all the time. The same values that you have for your marriage, the same value you have for your husband or your wife, that should still be with you, you know, when you're out, no matter where you are. You should be married all the time. So our relationship with God needs to be the same way. You know, our faith to Him, we should be faithful to Him all the time, not just when we're at church. And, uh, you know, talking about a, a regular marriage again, a husband and wife, you know, if something comes up that would hurt your marriage, then you should say, I'm sorry, I belong to Him, or I belong to her, you know. So I'm not doing those things. That would hurt my marriage. And it's the same thing with God. You know, when the world throws something at you that don't line up with God's Word, we should say, I'm sorry, but I belong to Jesus Christ. I've given my life to Him, and His Word says that that's not something I should be doing. So we should not take part in anything that God don't want us taking a part in. Uh, not to condemn anybody else, but just to let them know that that goes against my faith. And a lot of times I think Christians are afraid to say that for some reason. They're afraid to say, I don't do that because of my faith in Christ. And I think we should be proud to say that and tell them that I'm not going to participate in that. And stand firm in our faith. Stand up for your faith. That's how we're supposed to witness, uh, not by condemning them for their actions, but, to, but by taking a stand for our faith and not participating in those things because it goes against our beliefs. You know, we're not called to condemn anybody, but we are called to be set apart and not be, you know, partakers of those things. So we're going to get into what fellowship truly is tonight. Uh, and then when you do tell them I'm not participating in that because of my beliefs, then they're probably going to ask you why, you know, and then you can tell them what Jesus has done for you. And when you do that, you can let them, he'll, he'll do the same thing for you. He's all-inclusive. He don't turn anybody away. What he's done for me, he will do for you. And that's how we can be faithful in our faith. You know, people want to know why you don't want to be part of something. And uh, if you just tell them just because and you walk off and leave it like that, then they're going to think you're just a jerk, you know, because you didn't give them an explanation. But if you tell them because of my faith and because of what Christ has done for me, then they're going to be interested and they're going to want to know uh, what has he done for you? And that's how we can be faithful in a situation like that. Uh, the word fellowship, it had a, a really long definition in the Strong Concordance, and we're going to hit quite a bit of it. But the biggest part of the word fellowship in the New Testament, it means a partnership. You know, when we fellowship with God, we are partnering up with God. We are working with God. Uh, and when we look at it like that, it gives a whole new meaning to Second Corinthians chapter 5. We talk about that all the time, uh, that we are ambassadors for Christ. Would you start that in verse 17, Travis, instead of 18? Because I think that, that goes a long way with it. Uh, it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. And all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. 
and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Not, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be you reconciled to God. So when we're in fellowship with God, we are partnering up with God to tell people about Jesus. Uh, that word fellowship actually means participation in the knowledge of the Son of God. So fellowship with God is not just accepting Christ, it's also learning about Him uh, and sharing Him with other people, partnering up with God. That's what those verses just said. When we partner with God, we learn about Christ, and He gives us the ministry of sharing Christ with other people. That is the church's responsibility to tell the whole world about Christ. Uh, so like I said, fellowship with God is not just accepting Christ, it's learning about Him. And uh, another part of the definition of fellowship is distribution. And uh, that's what I was just talking about. And uh, that word distribution was exclusively talking about Jesus. So it's our duty, our ministry that God has given us <coughs> to distribute Jesus to the world. And when I'm up here telling you about Jesus and his love for you on Wednesday nights, then I'm in fellowship or I'm in partnership with God distributing Jesus to you. That's what fellowship actually means in the Bible. You know, we've got it watered down just like love, just like a bunch of words that we've been going over here lately. And we think of fellowship, we just think, oh, well, we'll just get together and hang out and eat together. It's way more than that. It, it is exclusively talking about sharing Jesus Christ with other people, learning more about him and sharing him with them. So that's what we do here on Wednesday night. I'm in fellowship with God, and I'm getting up here telling you about Jesus and his love for you. Uh, so I'm partnering with God and distributing Jesus to you. That's what Josh does on Sunday mornings. Uh, and that's what DJ does on Tuesday nights at Celebrate Restoration. You know, we're distributing Jesus to you. And, uh, you know, on Sunday mornings, that's what all the teachers are doing out in the other building. They're distributing Jesus to all the kids. And it's not just preachers and teachers. That is anybody that calls themselves a Christian, anybody that's following Christ. You know, every time you tell somebody Jesus loves you, then you are fellowshipping with God. You are partnering up with God, and you're distributing Jesus to that person. And, uh, you know, I think it's really neat to look at it that way. That makes you feel like you're actually doing something for the kingdom of God, and you are. Every time you open your mouth and you proclaim Jesus or you show the love <coughs> of Jesus to another person, then you are partnered up with God and you're distributing Christ to that person. You're fulfilling the ministry that we just read about as being an ambassador for Christ. And another part of that definition that I want to talk about uh, of fellowship is contribution. Uh, every time you pay your tithes, you're partnering with God in fellowship with him in order to get Jesus distributed to the whole world. You know, that, that money that we take in, it does further the kingdom of God. It enables the church, the church 
to show people the love of Christ. Anytime that you contribute your time, you know, spend spend your time talking to somebody else, helping them through a hard time, or just helping them do whatever. That is sharing Jesus Christ with them. Because without him, we wouldn't do those things. Uh, fellowship also means being united together as one in the Holy Spirit. That's what... Uh, that's what unites us. We're all in the same spirit. Without Christ, I mean, we have a a really different variety of people here at Grace. We've got really old people. We've got really young people. We've got people from all different walks of life. And most of us don't have anything in common except for Jesus Christ. But when we get together, we all get together for the same reason. Because we came to learn more about the Lord. We came to serve the Lord. And that's what unites us is the Holy Spirit. That is also fellowship. And that's what we call the body of Christ. That's all of us bound together by the Spirit of Christ in us as a whole to distribute Christ together. And a really good example of that, that's what you see every month when Mobile Lifehouse gets together. You see the body of Christ gathering together in the same Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to partner together with God and each other to be in fellowship with him and distribute to people in need. <clears throat> that is fellowship in action. You know, we talk all the time about love as an action word. So is fellowship. Fellowship is actually us coming together as the body of Christ and being Christ. In bodily form, we always talk about being his hands and feet. That's what fellowship is. It's Jesus in action. Uh, he is the bread of life. So that food that we give out every month at Mobile Lifehouse is Christ. We're giving away Jesus every month. And that's what you see every month in KOZ, too. You know, it's a group of believers gathering together as the body of Christ in partnership with God and each other <coughs> in fellowship to distribute Christ to the young men in the church to fulfill the word of God. You know, in Proverbs 22 and verse 6, it says to train up a child in the way that he should go. And uh, that's what we're doing at KOZ. We're distributing Christ to those young men of the church because he is the word of God. Any kind of uh, fellowship that you do, it involves Jesus. It's sharing Jesus, learning about Jesus, uh, giving things away in Jesus' name. Everything we know about fellowship, it's all about Jesus. And, uh, you know, like we were talking about church, that's what you see on Sunday mornings. You see the assembling together of ourselves in fellowship, in partnership with God as the body of Christ to distribute Jesus to whosoever walks through the doors. You know, like I said, God is all-inclusive. It don't matter who comes in, they are welcome in the name of Jesus Christ. We're one body, but we're many members. And like I said, that's what unites us, is the Holy Spirit. Uh, if you've never read about the body of Christ, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 31, Paul explains it really well. Uh, you can read that later if you want. I'm not going to read all of that. But it explains how the body is made up of a whole bunch of different parts. And you're just one part. But when we all get together then we form the body of Christ. And again, if you're taking notes, that's in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 31. And you could read that later if you like. 
and I hope you do. But on Sunday mornings, that's what you see. We all assemble together uh, in fellowship with God and each other as the body of Christ. And uh, like I said, we all got different functions. I'll be in there with the cookies. You know, that's my spot. Everybody knows where to find me on Sunday morning. Uh, Jimmy will be up here on the guitar. And Casey will be over there playing the her thing. Travis is usually working on the media and stuff. And Josh will be up here preaching. Uh, the building will be full of people doing all kinds of different things. And the other be, the other building will be full of people, too, doing all different kinds of things. And the parking lot is going to be full of people doing all kinds of things. And we'll all be working together for the same goal. We'll all be doing something different, but we'll all be doing it for the same person. And we'll all be doing it for the same reason, to share Jesus with anybody who will receive him. That's fellowship. Fellowship is all of us working together to serve the Lord, to serve Christ, and to share Christ with others. That is fellowship. That is partnership with God and with one another in the Holy Spirit as the body of Christ and the bride of Christ. Uh, you know, the Bible says, forsake not the assembling <coughs> of yourselves together. We can read that in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. And God says, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. You can't do that when you're by yourself. You know, we need to be around other people. Verse 25 says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. And, uh, you know, you, like I said, you can't do that by yourself. You can't be the body of Christ by yourself. You can't provoke yourself to good works. We need each other. We need to be around each other and encourage one another. Uh, like I said, you're only one part of the body of Christ. We have to assemble so the body of Christ can come together, like I was just talking about the church. When we assemble ourselves together, we become the body of Christ in fellowship. It has to be assembled. You can't be the a body part on your own just running around by yourself. And you can't be the bride of Christ by yourself. The church is the bride of Christ. You have to assemble together to be the church together. You've got to be part of the church. You can have fellowship with God and even partner with God by yourself. I'm not saying you can't do that. And you should have your own relationship with God. You know, everybody needs their own individual relationship with Him. But if you're obedient to God, you will agree with His plan of redemption instead of opposing it like we've been talking about, uh, or like we read in James earlier. And you will be part of the body of Christ and you will be part of the bride of Christ which is the church that is God's design for fellowship you know it's with him with each other that is how we become the body and the bride of Christ uh, there is no fellowship if I'm just by myself so it's important for us to assemble ourselves together you know that's what fellowship means it means to share together it means to share with. It means to be partakers of things together. It means to participate in things together. 
It means to communicate with each other. Everything fellowship talks about in, you know, all of its definition, it requires other people in it. You know, you can't fellowship by yourself. We fellowship as a church, as the body and the bride of Christ. Uh, so we can't be opposing God. We have to agree with him. I like this verse in Amos chapter 3 and verse 3. It says, can two walk together except they be agreed? You know, if we're going to walk with God and if we're going to fellowship and partner with God, we have to agree with his plan and uh, not be in opposition to him like we read in James earlier. Uh, a lot of times we do, though. You know, we know what God's word says, but we oppose him and we think our way is better. And uh, when we get there, then we are in just opposition with God. And something needs to change. You know, our fellowship is not what it should be with God. And uh, I got three verses here that says God never changes. You know, Hebrews 13, 8. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Malachi 3 and verse 6. He says, I am the Lord. I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. In Psalm 119 and verse 89, it says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. So, if Jesus never changes, and God never changes, and God's words never change, uh, and I'm not in fellowship with God, then guess what needs to change? It's not God. It's me. You know, if the fellowship is not what it needs to be, then I'm what needs to change. You know, if I'm not in fellowship with God, then I'm doing what we just read in James earlier. In uh, James 4, verse 4, I'm at enmity with God. You know, I'm opposing God. I'm choosing my way instead of God's way. And uh, I've got to change something. I don't know about you, but the last verse of that, uh, the last line of that verse said, "Whoever will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God." And I don't want to be an enemy of God. And I know you don't want to be an enemy of God either. Uh, I want to read these verses to you out of Second Corinthians, uh, chapter six. That's what Paul's talking about. He said we shouldn't be part of things that are contrary to God's word. We shouldn't. Oppose God, be enemies of God. And he gives us some warning about things that will help us to not do that. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14 through 18, it says, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? And remember what fellowship is. Uh, remember that definition. It is a partnership with God. And... Uh, so what, what he's telling us is, if I'm yoked with unbelievers, then I'm agreeing with them. I'm in a partnership with them instead of God. And what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion has light with darkness? He's telling you, you can't be a partner with both of these. You're choosing one over the other. And in verse 15, it says, In what concord has Christ with Belial? What part has he that believes with an infidel? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. 
As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. So he's telling us to come out and not do the things that those people are doing. And uh, I've heard it preached even by preachers that that says you shouldn't even go around people that are sinning and uh, people that live an ungodly life. And that's just not true. We're not supposed to be completely separated from the world. You know, how are we supposed to witness if we do that? That don't mean at all that we're not supposed to have anything to do with unbelievers. We are called to unbelievers. We're supposed to be the light in the darkness. We're just supposed to show them the way out of sin, not stay away from them and leave them in it. That's, that's just totally wrong. But we are supposed to witness to them. We're just not supposed to participate with them if what they're doing is ungodly. God's telling us, you know, don't do the things they're doing. We're not supposed to be in fellowship with them. We're not supposed to agree with them and partner with them. But we are supposed to witness with them. Uh, we get that word fellowship, like I said, all confused about just hanging out together. But it is so much deeper than that. God's saying don't take on their sinful lifestyle. You know, when you do that, you're partnering with them instead of me. He's saying partner with me and be an example to them. You know, we're supposed to be salt and light. Take what God shows you. Be obedient to him. And take what he's showing you to them. You know, we got saved somehow too. Somebody showed me the light. Somebody showed me a, a better way. Somebody offered Christ to me because they were in fellowship with him. And uh, they offered me the same thing that God offered them. That's how we get people to Jesus. Uh, we're always fellowshipping everywhere we go. All the time we're either fellowshipping with God and partnering with God, or we're fellowshipping with the world. You know, you can fellowship with your TV. You can partner with your TV and agree what's on it. Does that mean what's on it is right? No, it don't, because most of what is on TV is not right. Or on the radio. You can fellowship with your radio and partner with it and agree with it. You know, what you allow in your life, you're a partner to. And what you allow in your life, you're agreeing with it. Uh, in Second John chapter 1, verses 10 and 11, uh, John is warning us about that. It says, If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, the truth about God's word, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. Because if you agree with him, is what he's saying, for he that bids him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. If you agree with the sinful life that somebody's living, then the Bible says you are a partaker of the same thing. You are a partner with them and you are in fellowship with them instead of God. So, uh, you know, when you're at work, do you stick around when the, there's filthy talk? Or do you walk away and, and say that you're not going to be a part of that? Or, you know, do you listen to the crude jokes or do you say, I don't want to hear that, you know? I don't want to hear that kind of talk. 
That's, those are choices we make every day, who we're in fellowship with and who we're not in fellowship with. And uh, this is not an easy world to make choices like that in. That's why I was telling you earlier, we have to be strong in our faith. And uh, one important thing I know, if you have to set up boundaries in your faith. Uh, Dr. Henry Cloud, he's got a study called Changes to Heal. And I, I looked at it last year, and one part of his study was Christian boundaries. And there's a, a section of it where he's talking about trespassing. He said, if you don't have your boundaries marked, if people don't know you're a Christian, if people don't know that this kind of stuff is uh, not welcome around you, then they're not trespassing. And a lot of times people are telling those crude jokes and that having the filthy talk and all those other things around us because they might not even know you're a Christian. You know, if you don't tell them, they don't know. And if you haven't set up boundaries, then they're not trespassing. We have to let people know that we're Christians. And if we're going to let them know we're Christians, we need to live like one and let them know I'm not going to be part of those things. And uh, we've got to have healthy boundaries in our life. That's how we can come out and be separate. Not better than, not more righteous than, just I'm living this way because God said to. And uh, But if they don't know those boundaries, then they're not trespassing on you. You're actually in their territory unannounced. So we have to establish boundaries in our faith so they'll know they are trespassing when they do that. And remember that uh, part of that definition was distributing Jesus. You know, are we distributing Jesus the way we need to? At work, with our friends, with family members that we know don't know Christ. You know, are we sharing Jesus in the way that we treat other people? In the way that we work? That's part of fellowship with God. You know, that's how we live a godly life day to day. We stay in fellowship with Him. I love Proverbs 15, 3. It says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. That's fellowship with God, knowing that I'm in His presence all the time, no matter where I'm at. You know, that makes it a lot easier to do the right things. And if you have that mindset and you know that God is with you all the time, it makes it a whole lot harder to do the wrong things. So he gives you strength to do the right things, and the Holy Spirit will check you if you're thinking about doing the wrong thing. And uh, if you'll listen to that check, listen to that chastening of the Lord that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, he'll lead you in the right way, and you can stay in fellowship <coughs> with God. But, uh, you know... How are you distributing Jesus? Are you distributing Jesus at work? You know, does your boss, uh, does he think all Christians are lazy because of the way you work? Or do you give Christians a good name at work? Would your boss rather hire more Christians or will he never hire another one? You know, that is fellowship with God. That's how we got to live our lives. Uh, you know, how am I going to make God look today? Because how we treat people, how we work, how we do business, everything we do in our life reflects who God is to us. That is fellowship. Uh, like we talked about last week, you know, what do people believe about God based on what they see in us? 
Uh, and like we just read, God does not change. So if our fellowship is suffering, there's something about us that needs to change. You know, I've been making, within the last three or four weeks, I've been making a lot of changes in my own life. You know, I share this verse with you a lot, Matthew 13 and 22. It's talking about the farmer sowing seed and the different types of soil and, and stuff like that. But this one, it says, He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. You know, I could see that happening in my life, and I thank God for bringing it to my attention. You know, I was getting so overwhelmed and busy and, you know, just focused on the cares of this world, I could see it affecting uh, my walk with God. I could see it affecting, you know, my daily devotions and my studying and my reading and my prayer life. I could see it affecting everything. And this word came up. Uh, Tuesday night at Celebrate Restoration, I think it was Ross that said the word wholeheartedly, and uh, I got to thinking about that. You know, a few weeks ago, I noticed that I was half-heartedly seeking the Lord. You know, I was still doing everything. I was still doing my devotions and my reading and my prayer life and, and all those things, but it was getting done in a hurry. It was getting rushed. You know, I was just rushing through it. I wasn't taking my time and doing it the way I was supposed to. I was doing it half-heartedly. And I could see the results of that in my life. You know, that's how you know if your fellowship with God is suffering, you'll see the results of it. Just like you'll see the results if your fellowship is thriving. You know, I was half-heartedly sharing Jesus. I was half-heartedly loving other people. I was half-heartedly doing everything. So I had to rearrange some things in my life in order for God to come first. Uh, remember, God God does not change. So I realized I have to change. So now, my reading and my studying and my sharing and my loving and all those things come first, and then the world gets my attention. Uh, I mean, there's things in the world we can't ignore them. we got to take care of business. That's, you know, that's without being said. But we got to put God first, because if we don't, then we'll do like this verse said, and we'll start putting the world in front of God and giving God our leftovers, and uh, the cares of this world will choke the Word, and we'll become unfruitful, and it'll affect our fellowship with God and with everybody else in our lives. Uh, I love Matthew 6, verse 33. That's what it says. we got to put God first. The kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. You know, we're going to have trouble. We're going to have busy days. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. But be of good cheer. Uh, he said, I've overcome the world. So if we'll stay in fellowship with him, then we'll be able to handle the problems of the world. If we'll stay in fellowship with him then we won't be overwhelmed like I was. We'll, we'll know God's in control. I can take my time and do my reading. I can <clears throat> take my time and do my devotions. You know, if I need to show the love of Christ to somebody, I don't have to rush through when they need to sit and talk for a while. I'll have the time to sit and talk to them and show them or distribute 
the love of Christ to them that they need at that time instead of just rushing through it. You know, God first. You know, I had to make some changes to get things back where they belonged, but that's the way it's supposed to be. You know, not the other way around. Uh, Pastor Josh had been sharing, you know, about Nehemiah for the past two or three weeks. And I think it was three weeks ago, but he shared some of the characteristics of Nehemiah in one of his sermons. And I think these characteristics is what our fellowship with God should look like too. And they go right along with some of the verses we've been reading. Uh, the first characteristic was consistent. We need to be consistent in our fellowship. Uh, James 1 and verse 6 <coughs> says, But when you ask him, God, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver. For a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. So we need to be consistent in our fellowship, not with divided loyalty between God and the world like we read in James a while ago. Uh, characteristic number two, we need to be stable in our fellowship. You know, not wishy-washy. Not like that verse right there says, and tossed around by every wind of doctrine. Uh, number three, we need to be loyal. Uh, we do James 1, 8, Travis, their loyalty, it says, is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. We can't have divided loyalty, you know, it's either to God or to the world, or we're just going to be all over the place. We won't be sure of ourselves. None of our relationships are going to work out good. We won't be devoted to the church. We won't be devoted to being part of the body of Christ. We won't be devoted to anything. We'll just be trying to make it through the day. And I think that's where a lot of people are right now. They're just struggling to get through every day because they're not fully devoted to anything. But if we'll get our fellowship with God and be faithful to Him where it needs to be, then God will help us get that things stable and secure. And, uh, you know, Peter says He'll get you settled on a firm foundation. But we've got to get our relationship with Him consistent and stable and loyal. And the last one was enthusiastic. And that goes right along with what we've been talking about for the last two weeks. You know, if we're enthusiastic about God, people will see that in us. But if we're not, if going to church seems like a burden to us, or going to classes or serving God seems like a burden to us, then people are going to see that. So what do people see in us? You know, when it comes to our walk with God. Are we enthusiastic about it? Or are we just grinding our way through it? Nobody wants a relationship like that. Not with God, not with other people, not with anybody. You know, if a relationship don't look fun, then nobody wants any part of it. So what do people see when you talk about your relationship with God? And uh, that's our homework this week. You know, what does your fellowship look like with other believers you know, are you isolating or are you becoming a part of God's church? You know, mine didn't look too good the last couple of weeks, but I've been working on it. I'm changing some things uh, because God don't change. But what about yours? You know, are you arguing with God or oppose, opposing God? 
We should be agreeing with God if we're going to be in fellowship with him. And what are you distributing? You know, we're all distributing something. Uh, some people, you know, they're distributing. They come every week and they bring food for the food pantry. That's them bringing Jesus here to put on the shelves so that they can share it with others later. we got other people that open their homes so that orphans can experience the love of Christ. That's distributing, you know. You know, all of us, if we're Christians and we have been saved by Christ, you know, we get from God all day, every day. We're receiving from God. But God don't just call us to get. You know, what are you giving in the name of Christ? What are you distributing for God? God calls us to give to others. You know, maybe it's just a kind face or a talk with them. But we're supposed to be given something. That's part of our fellowship with God. And they're not just with God, with other believers, with the body of Christ and with the bride of Christ. You know, how is your fellowship? Uh, not necessarily just here at Grace, but are you connected to the, the church worldwide? You know, are you forsaking the assembly of ourselves? We've got to get together. You know, we, we can serve God by ourselves, but we can't be the body of Christ by ourselves. And we can't be the church by ourselves. We need each other. So that's our homework this week is examine your fellowship. Uh, I hope this gave you a better understanding of what fellowship actually is. It is a lifestyle of living for God, a lifestyle of uh, living with and amongst other believers serving God together as the bride of Christ. Fellowship is not just getting together to get something to eat. Fellowship is serving God together and sharing Christ in a tangible way to the world. And uh, that's what we're supposed to do. But uh, it all starts with Jesus. You know, we have to have the Holy Spirit to do that. And I always like to ask you at the end of the, end of the message, if you've never surrendered your life to Christ, that's where a relationship, fellowship with God starts. You know, we have to surrender our will to His and make Him the Lord of our life. Uh, but if you've never done that, it's really simple. All you got to do is recognize your need for a, a Savior and just tell God that. Say, God, I, I want to give you my life. I need a Savior. I know my relationship with you is not where it needs to be. And I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins and come into my heart and uh, forgive me. And give me your Holy Spirit to lead me and guide me and show me how to live for you. And if you'll do that, God will send his Holy Spirit into your heart, and he'll save you right there. Uh, I always want to share these verses with you. Romans 10, verses 9 and 10, it says, If you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. In verse 10, it says, For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. If you made that decision today and you're giving your heart to Christ, tell somebody about it. The Bible says with confession of your mouth, uh, you will receive salvation. So if today you've done that, then tell somebody. Today I've gave my life to Jesus. And uh, mean that in your heart. Actually give him control of your life. Surrender your will to his. Uh, being obedient to God, it does not come naturally. You'll have to be 
intentional in being obedient, but God will show you the things he wants you to obey. Uh, and if you think you've been too far to be saved, if you think if anybody has told you that you're too bad, too far gone, Romans 10:13 says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That includes anybody. And, uh, you know, somebody told you you're too bad of a sinner. That's why Christ died for us. Romans 5, 8 says that. It says God showed his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So you don't have to get cleaned up and come to church. You come to church and uh, God will help you get cleaned up. But he'll take you just as you are. It don't matter what you've done, how long you've done it, if you're still doing it. God don't care. He just wants you to come to him and uh, surrender your heart to his, and uh, he'll accept you right there, and you will be saved. And I hope you do that if you haven't yet. But think about it this week. You know, how is your fellowship with God? Are you partnering with him, or are you still partnering with the world? And are you distributing like we're supposed to be? Are you sharing Jesus with others? And are we gathering together like we're supposed to and being the body and the bride of Christ that we're supposed to be? Uh, but that's my message for tonight. I thank you all for coming out and listening to it. And like I said, I hope that gives somebody a better, a better idea of what fellowship actually is. I know it did me. I learned a lot just putting the message together. God told me a lot of things. So I hope that helps you. But uh, let me pray for us, and we will be dismissed. Father, thank you again for the message that you gave me tonight. And uh, thank you, Lord, for helping me to get up here and share it with others. God, I pray that you'll help your words to sink down into our hearts and help us to carry them with us this week, Lord, and examine our fellowship as we go out throughout our days, God. You know, how am I representing you? How am I treating other people? Uh, how am I showing them that you see them? Please help us to remember, God, as we live our lives and we go about our daily things, that we are ambassadors for you. And I pray that you'll help us, Lord, to recognize the things that don't agree with you. And I pray that you give us the courage to change them. And, Lord, we'll give you the glory for it. And it's in Jesus' holy name I do pray. Amen.